0: Hello everyone. Uh, if you are here for part two of the first ever episode of the Euroball podcast between myself and Orazio at paxar 89 on Twitter. one, uh, thanks so much. Thanks for coming back for part two. Two, uh, my apologies for it not combining into one episode. Uh, there was difficulties editing it because it extended out to over two hours. Um, so have part two here. This is going to discuss teams eight, seven, six, five, four, and 3. So we'll get all the way down uh, throughout the rest of the list. Thank you again for listening. Uh, Please make sure you like, subscribe, and leave a review. Please, only a positive review. If you have a negative review, that's fine. Just let me know. But, you know, don't don't leave it there. That's going to mess up my rating in the long run. I don't have enough positive stability to just just survive any negative reviews right now. Um, But, yeah, please do so. Like, subscribe, leave a rating on whichever platform you're using Uh, a reminder. You can follow me on Twitter at a and then find my work writing wise at fan sided NBA where we have an international basketball section where we provide weekly yearly coverage um, as well as soon we will have the second edition of the international basketball, big board and some more NBA draft coverage. Uh, Thank you again for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Take care. All right moving on from partisan who i had in ninth i don't know if we said your ninth place team or we, or we made. yeah it. yeah
1: it was partisan too it was, it partisan, was partisan too, too. okay yeah. so
0: uh who do you got in eighth
1: uh at number eight uh, i have uh Maccabre, tel aviv great
0: i got the same team go ahead kick okay. us off
1: okay yeah well, uh, f- of course, for Maccabi, this is very. Uh, this has been a very unique season because of their situation. You know, internally they cannot play their home games in Israel. Uh, they've been moving around the continent. They've been using Belgrade as the home base, and um, and it's never easy in these situations. You know, uh, they took also a financial hit because of that because they need to manage two different locations. There's a lot of more traveling involved and uh, it's been very complicated you know um and and for this reason i think they're also they're also a team that it's very hard to read and to predict because in some games you know you you can clearly see all their offensive firepower this is a very talented team offensively you know and their backcourt is amazing between Lorenzo Brown, Wade Baldwin. You know, they have so many good scoring options and uh, it's clear how much damage they can do when they're on, you know, when their offensive night is, is good. Uh, but at the same time, there, are, there have been also a lot of games in which you can see all their defensive issue, uh, the lack of connection sometimes between the players. Uh, probably the the fatigue that is eating more because of all these extra traveling they've been having, and the fact of, you know, never playing uh, in front of our own crowd because even in Belgrade, of course, some of the games have been behind closed doors. you know, it's it's been really it's been really difficult. But because of that offensive talent, offensive firepower, Uh, I still think that, you know, they are a team that they have the potential to be in the playoffs. Uh, They can be difficult to play against, especially when they're all connected, when they're all clicked. And uh, sure, they still have uh, several things to figure out defensively. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to be able to fix every one of their issues before the end of the season, uh, even because, you know, that's that's just how they play under coach Katash. You know, that's, that's their style. You know, it's, it's going to be difficult to see big changes from that perspective, but because of their talent offensively, because of players like Lorenzo Brown, Wade Baldwin, Bonesy Colson, you know, all these guys, uh, it's really difficult for me to imagine them out of the playoff picture. So, that's why I have them uh, in the eighth position.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think if I remember correctly, their uh, their closing schedule is is not that bad on uh, the grand scheme of things. Um, again, like the caveat of you know they have no home court, um, which you know makes every home game you know more of a toss up than usual. But they. Their closing schedule is not is not too difficult. Um, they got about five out of you know out of eight tough games there. Most teams have six, so you know some teams like Algaris, all eight games are probably going to be tough. Yeah, look, I I saw, uh, Maccabi twice when I was in Spain. You know, I saw them playing Madrid and in Basconia, and it was it was you know the the tale of two Maccabi's. It was the tale of their two teams, right in Madrid. The offense you know they got off to a slow start um their defensive intensity wasn't quite there that's an issue they've always had they're always going to have right i mean lorenzo brown and wade baldwin are your backcourt um you know you're never going to lead the way on defense (laughs) um that's that's just reality for as talented as those guys are you know that's not how they're going to impact the game for you but like they figured it out and their thing is you know every night they need two of brown baldwin and colson to have a good game two of those guys are playing well they kind of have their floor and then it's like can they find the fourth impact guy somewhere? Is it one of these games where Jake Cohen grabs, you know, six offensive rebounds is just creating extra possessions um, that gives them the slight little edge they need to hang in the game Uh, is James Webb knocking down his open threes, right? Like that's what happened at the game in Madrid that I was at. He was shooting the lights out that night. I think he was like five of eight or something like that. Um, When they have that, when they have two of their main three guys playing well and someone else grabbing them the extra offense, they can beat anybody. They can beat yeah. the talents there. They can beat anybody. Um, as you said, it's just been it's a difficult season. Uh, a lot of things out of their control have, have hurt them. Um, there's nothing else they can do about that. Um, and they were one win away from the final four last season. They're, they're probably not going to be able to get there this year. You know, a team like that, a team like Maccabi is just always going to need their home court to have a high level season, and and they don't have it. Um, it's the harsh reality of what they're going through. I like them. Like all the teams, I'm going to keep saying it, you know, like I don't want to see them in a playoff series. I don't want to have to game plan for Lorenzo Brown and Wade Baldwin three, four, maybe five times. Um, but without that home court, you know, I think they squeeze in. The schedule isn't too bad. You know what they're capable of, you know. You're going to take it from there. Um, hopefully next season things kind of normalize and they they can still keep some of the same core. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, I asked I asked Coach Kadesh about, about that at the game in Madrid. Um, he talked about how important keeping their core was for their ability to be even moderately successful this season. You know, it was the main thing he underscored, like the only reason they're still competing is because most of these guys were here last year um, and know how to play with one another. You know, in the face of everything that's happened, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some of these guys split in the offseason, yeah. you know, especially if there's not clarity on what is coming for the following season, um, which is tough. And they're, and they're going to have to bounce back from over time. Um, All right. So let's move to seventh. Um, I'll kick us off here. I have Bologna. Um, So Bologna has had very impressive season. Um, They have completely shocked my preseason expectations for them where I had them, you know, not even in the plane spaces, probably barely competing for them. Um, Look, I just thought looking at their roster, you know, heading into the season, I had question marks about Shingelia's ability to really like lead a top level Euroleague team, right? Like when he was the best player at Basconia, they were squeezing into the playoffs. I was like, that's probably this team's ceiling. Their, their guys are getting there in age. You know, they added Brian Dunstan, who's been great, but like they added him and it was like, uh, <laughs> you know, 36, 37 years old. Does he still have it? Daniel Hackett um, like continues to defeat father time and, be special but again he was 35 heading into the season marco bellinelli you know 37 like they were just dependent on a lot of things that didn't seem like it It seemed like it was a lift for all of that to click in the face of hiring a coach less than a new coach less than a month before the season started right like you needed all these things to go correctly and you added a brand new head coach on top of that who, who didn't even really get to work on assembling the roster um but they got off to a hot start out the gate. They had the losses of Algiers, but then they figured it out from there. Um, my biggest question mark about them was always, you know, who's the perimeter guy down the stretch? Because we know Shangelia can't be super reliable in that spot. We've seen it happen too many seasons. He likes too much of his offense out of the low post. It can get defended easily late in game. You know, heck it's a good offensive player, fine offensive player, but he's not a scorer. You're not going to give him the ball and say, go get us a bucket. Um, Bellinelli, you know, movement shooter again, not an ISO guy. They're not going to get it from their center play. So it was like, where, where is the offense going to come in? It started with Cordinier. Like he was awesome to start the year. He slowed down a little bit, but you know, Cordinier is still a young player. I really like. I think future. You know, he is at least an elite Euroleague wing. You know, for most of his career, he's another guy. I'm like he might reach NBA level. You know, if the three point shot gets there, um, fantastic player. The real big X factor has been Iffy Lundberg who funny enough, you know, they were trying to move on from in the summer. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm sure you could touch on that more, but you know, yeah. we, we know Scariolo kind of wanted him out, um, and wanted to bring someone else in. It was one of the driving factors of his frustration. Um, Lundberg has been their guy late in game, you know, who they can kind of give the ball to and say, Hey, eight seconds on the shot clock. We tried pick and roll twice. Didn't work. Nothing else is happening. We're just going to clear out, you know, get to your step back three or get to one of your kind of like falling runners in the lane. Um, They've fallen off in the second half of the season, uh, which you know, I th- I think was predictable. Um, for some of those reasons we talked about at the top, right? I mean, they're just they're still really dependent on Hackett, Bellinelli, and Dunstan, like three guys in their mid, mid to late thirties. Um, those are the type of players who, yeah, when you get into round 24, 25, 26, 27 in a long season. Their body starts to show it. Their place starts to show it. Right. Um, Shangellia started to pick up injuries as he often does. Right. Like he's just he, he's never a guy who really gets these devastating injuries, but he's always picking up picking up knocks. Yeah. Um, just he's a physical player. You know, he's going to he's going to have moments where he needs to rest for some time. So, you know, they they were top two for a while. Top three. I think they're going to squeeze back and, and kind of probably fall all the way into seven. That's my prediction of them. This has still been a, no matter where this ends. You, this has been a great season. Uh, yeah, you know, Luca has done a fantastic job there. Um, it, it's really been impressive. You know, hopefully they're in the playoffs and really kind of secure themselves going you know, going forward for another Euroleague season. Uh, because I want to see where they take it from here. Um, but. I like it. I just, you know, they're going to end slow. Every early season, there's one of these teams who's, like, really at the top for the first half and falls off. Besconia fell out of the playoffs entirely last year after being, yeah. you know, second place at the halfway point. Um, I don't see Bologna having that deep a dive, but – it's been clear in watching them, you know, and they tried to add some depth to address things, you know, like Zizic was a good pickup. I don't think he fixes a ton, right? Like he doesn't really address issues. He's just kind of a talent ad, which is good. They need that, you know, with again, yeah. with Dunstan's age and and question marks about his ability to stay in the court. Um, you know, they added Lomas who like, he seems like a fine player. I don't think he's a yearly player. You know, I'm just going to be honest. I no disrespect to him. I get trying to move for that perimeter guy, but it's just, and I think it's shown, you know, he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time in the rotation since he's come in. Um, so I have Bologna seventh. Who, who do you have seventh? Um, if It's also Bologna. Feel free to pivot to them or feel free to jump in on something
1: else. I, I have Fenerbahce at seven. Uh, but, you know, uh, regarding Virtus, you know, I perfectly agree with what you said. Uh, it's, um, It's been a tremendous season for them, considering what were the kind of the expectations at the beginning, you know, so many turmoil at the beginning of the season with the firing of Coach Scariolo right before the beginning of it you know, the off-season where there was some level of disconnection between what the coach wanted, what the front office wanted, uh, you know. Uh, so the, um, the expectation at the beginning weren't so, weren't so high, but uh, Coach Bunky came in and uh, he embraced the situation and he did a fantastic job. In, he turned around the situation, um, as you said, especially in the case of If Lamberg, you know, he was pretty much out of the door this summer uh, several teams came calling, uh, they, were a, uh, they were willing to take over his contract and Virtus, you know, was trying to lower the salary a little bit, you know, uh, they cut off some of the bigger salaries in order to limit the spending a little bit also to, uh, uh, to attend the EuroLeague uh, rules in terms of, you know, salary cap, salary rules. And, uh, and Lundberg turned into that X factor that they were looking for. You know, they were looking for this kind of closer that could uh, decide the games in the clutch moments. Uh, it, it was something that they didn't really have last season. And uh, Lumberg turned into that player. It was a key factor in uh, at least five yearly games at least. And he's been amazing coming off the bench to give that offensive spark that they need. And uh, offensively, they've been playing uh, really, really good basketball this season. Uh, Coach Bankey has this system where they, everyone, you know, really shares the ball. You know, there's much more connection between the players, which is something that probably was one of the weak points last season because at some point it was clear that there was some level of disconnection between coach Scariolo and at least a few of the players on the roster and uh yeah I mean I I still I I have them in sixth place in my ranking uh, because despite the fact that they uh, they're slowing down a little bit, which I think is natural because as you said, you know, they rely a lot on veterans like Bellinelli, Dunstan, Hackett, and you know for guys of that age, it's only natural that at some point during the season, you're gonna have a down moment. Uh but I I do really believe in their offensive game, in their ability to play together, and that's why I have them a little bit higher than, than Fenerbahce.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that'll be a good segue because I, I have Fenerbahce sixth. So we, we can get in we can get into them in a sec. The, the other thing on Bologna that actually has been I don't I don't know the data on this. I need to try to track it down. They are really impressive team in their sideline out of bound and baseline out of bound place. They get so much mm-hmm. offense there and, you know, it, it's because of Bellinelli, right? Like they could just get come, have him come flying off a screen. Yeah. And even if it's a tough shot, he could still make it like that helps, but they've got good stuff coming out of those baseline out of bound sideline out of bound scenarios. Um, and it's really been like an equalizer for them as they don't have that huge offensive weapon anymore. You know, they had to last season, like, that has been that has really brought them even like that with Bellinelli shooting generally and what Toko can still do in the low post. And as a passer, by the way, like Toko yeah. you know, really like he's he's creating for teammates more than I've ever seen him do before. That's really been impressive. All those things with Cordinier's improvement um, has made them a very solid offensive team. You know, re- really good and reliable on that end of the floor. And I just I just didn't see it, um, you know, heading into the season. I, I just looked at it. And again, like I, you put all those question marks and then you throw in like oh brand new head coach on top of it that's so rarely it so rarely goes this way it's really a testament to the work bonkie's done and, and the buy in from the players you know just saying look it's been weird but we're going to put our head down and play basketball um all right so why don't why don't you kick us off with Fenarbochi cuz i've got them i've got them sixth on my end you've got them seventh let's do it
1: yeah um so i think um they they needed uh, that spark that at the beginning jessica brought in because with uh with Kochi too these things were stale at some point uh some players were complaining about the the lack of uh, offensive schemes and stuff like that and uh, they needed a new voice i believe in the locker room and uh, it was clear when jessica came in that they uh, needed that a little bit of fresh air with a new head coach. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, Yasikavicus can be as tough as Itudis, you know, when when it comes to how he deals with players, you know, how he treats them. He can be very hard coach, just like Itudis is, you know. Uh, but I think that Yasikavicus brought in a little bit more of offensive creativity and uh uh, it gave them a little bit more energy that they needed. Uh, but I also believe that especially in some of the last few games that I saw, uh, that spark is starting to lower a little bit uh, in terms of energy. Uh, they made some, um, they made some questionable games over the last few uh, the last few weeks, you know, I haven't seen them as good as they were in the first few weeks under Yasikovic. Uh Some of the players, I think, they've they're been keeping you know a little bit out of the rotation. Like with Jasicovichus, I don't know where Yamadar is heading. Like right now, it looks like he's been cut off of the rotations a little bit. Motley, who was doing really good at some point during the season, now is a bit of in a down moment. You know, Uh, they were having some good things from uh, from but you know, he hasn't been particularly consistent too. So uh, they are uh, a difficult team to predict, in my opinion, because they, of course, they made also several changes in the roster. Uh, but um, that's why I had them a little bit lower than Virtus because I still don't completely understand in which direction they're headed. You know, uh, there's, there's definitely talent, uh, there's definitely depth also in some departments of the roster, uh, but at the same time, I don't see uh enough consistency to put them in a higher position
0: yeah yeah that makes sense like I I think part of my I, I can just like I'm partially biased in my assessment of Fenerbahce because I was really in on them coming coming into the season um mm-hmm. you know I had them in the top four making the final four
1: mm-hmm.
0: I like they have a really deep roster like that is the number one thing yeah. that stands out there's like 12 really solid early players there at minimum I mean, when you look at it and it's just like even because you're going to have injuries in a early league season, it's like they got guys to step in and fill roles. They have people to be reliable. Motley was, I, I believe, Motley was all year league last year, was he not? Um, or close to it. He had a really strong season. He was coming back. Um, you know, there were definitely question marks about the point guard play. There was a whole thing they wanted to push out Calathis. Um, but you know, I I liked when uh Eric McCollum brought up on on your bonus podcast, uh, basketball news when he was like. Colate this man. You get to that age, and the club comes to you and says, "Hey, we don't think we're going to play you." At that age, you're like, "That's fine, man. I'll take the money. I'll, I'll be here if you yeah. need me." <laughs> you know, he's like, "You're in your 20s. You want to go find somewhere and play." When you're in your 30s, you say, "No, that's fine. Keep cutting those checks. I'll I'll sit here. That's not a problem." Um, that was good stuff. But yeah, I mean, like one the wing talent they have, like Daishon Pierre, Nigel Hayes, Davis. You know, wing forward talent. I guess I should say um, that always really stood out to me having Tyler Dorsey and Marco Guterich. Look, I know Marco Guterich has his flaws, um, you know, as as people have joked, like if you have Marco, him and Milos are the same guy. Like, hey, if he's on your team, like he's running the show. It doesn't yeah. look like Marco Guterich would wave off Kevin Durant. Right. Like he would be like, nah, man, I got it. Don't worry about it. Um, but he's he's provided offense. Um Agreed on Yamadar. He's been up and down. Tyler Dorsey has had injuries and struggled to find that consistent role. Um, You know, Papayanis was a guy who was playing really well to start the season, was a stretch five, was shooting the ball really well. That's kind of fallen off. So I'm with you on the struggle with consistency. I think a big part of the reason Yasukevich's has brought such an early boost was because the talent was there and like, you know, a new coach steps in the door, wipes the slate clean everyone's trying to prove themselves all over again. Yeah. And it, that, like that gave them a lift. They let you the figure out what he wanted to do. They had a really great run. Now other teams have figured out what they want to do. And like, it's tough. It's tough to adapt, you know, like he doesn't have a season. They don't have enough practices. You know, he didn't really put this group together. So his teams have figured them out. They have struggled to make it, you know, kind of find that next level. You know, how are they adapting to teams adjustments to them? Um, i i still like how it looks you know i have them sixth i think just barely on a tiebreaker pretty much um and then you know i still think they can make the final four from where i have them in sixth. they could probably do it from seventh as well like as we discussed that roster is really deep um it is going to be like a true handful for whoever runs into them in the playoffs. You know, we talked about Partizan and Bisconia being like a difficult matchup. There's truth to that. Fenerbahce, even if you have them as a the lower seed, like that's, that's going to, that's probably going five games, right? Like who did it last yeah. year? It's Olympiacos, you know, um, who was the best team in, in the regular season. Like they pushed them to the limit. Um, everything they have to make a playoff series competitive is there. Um, so I think everyone wants to avoid them. I have them just barely squeezing ahead to sixth um, and, and sneaking into the last, the last locked-in playoff spot. Um, all right, so let's move. We got three teams left. Number five, I have Panathinaikos. Who who do you have at five? I have Olympiakos. Okay. All right. So that's that's who I have at four. Um yeah. So you know, let's. I will. I'll start us with Panathinaikos. Yeah. Um, look, that was it. Was a fun summer, right? Adaman came in. You know, they brought in a brand new roster. Um, Look, I will, I I say this, I hope this doesn't alienate any Olympiacos fans. Look, having a good Panathinaikos team is good for the EuroLeague. I love it. I like watching a packed Oka Arena. I like watching their talent. Like, it's great quality stuff. In terms of what's happening on the court, it's been fantastic because, like, some of the players they've added have brought in even more to the game. Lazort, for example, he came in. We all knew what he was capable of. He's he's making the right reads out of the short roll. Like Ottoman, you know, Ottoman loves that spread pick and roll offense. That's his bread and butter. That's why he wanted Slukas. That's why he wanted Nunn. That's why he wanted Grant. That's why he even wanted Vildoza, right? that's why he wanted all those guys. He can give them the ball and say, just keep keep running, pick and roll, keep running, pick and roll. My concern, and we saw it early in the season when they were at a slow start, was you know, teams would occasionally ice or bring multiple defenders to the ball handler, force them to find Lasort in the short roll, and he'd like the decision-making was not there yet. You know, like, he just didn't know where the shooters quite were. He was very, like, one-dimensional. Like, he was making the decision before he got the ball. He would put it on the floor and get to the rim, but the defender's already there, or he's making a pass that is actually covered. But he's found that rhythm. He's figured it out. He's making the right reads, and they're spacing... Gregonis, you know Grant, who I don't know where he is, but last time I talked about Grant, he was like ninety fifth percentile and spot up, you know, for Euroleague players. He's he's been incredible. Um, Gregonis has had a really strong season. They come off the bench with more of the same. Um, I really like how this team looks heading into the closing stretch. Like I, you know, Ator Messino when he said they are the second best roster in Euroleague. In my opinion, I don't think that's a hot take. You know, I think there's no. a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I I can certainly see it that way. Kendrick Nunn has been awesome. You know, he's adapted well. Nobody can stay in front of that guy. They just, they have a lot of the right pieces. They have a lot of the right pieces, especially for an Adam roster. You know, he seems to have done it again and kind of rebuilt the team in the summer. I don't have them winning the championship this season. You know, I think that's a bit of a reach. Like I wouldn't be, again, I wouldn't be surprised. They could definitely do it. Um, But like, I've got them getting into that final four and, and they're going to be tough. And I think the next two, three seasons after this, I would be surprised if Adamen doesn't grab a championship, you know, if he's with Panathinaikos for four years or so. Um, what, have, what have you seen from the Greens? What do you like?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, as you said, they had this uh, slow progression during the season because at the beginning, I think it was kind of natural to see them struggling because the roster was completely new compared to last season. New coach, completely new roster. So you need to give them time in order to figure out things and uh now uh they've been much better offensively they look much much better offensively compared to the beginning of the season defense has been good pretty much the entire season you know they they've been consistent they they have several guys on the perimeter that can lock down the situation i mean when you have guys like and grant but also kendrick nunn has been really good defensively you know on the perimeter he's been very very effective and um, so I I think it was kind of uh, a natural progression for them. I wasn't that worried in the first few months because it was natural that they were going to have issues in figuring out how to really play inside that system because they have so many new uh, new players. But I always believed, you know, if they're going to give them time, if they're not going to put them extra pressure on them, you know, Coach Ataman is gonna is gonna find a way, you know, to make this group work in the right way, and they've been doing it. You know, now they look much much better. You know, the second part of the season, they've been great. Uh, they only lost two games in the last eight rounds. Uh, especially when they play at home, it's really really difficult to beat them. So uh, they. They definitely look like one of the most dangerous team that you can face in a playoff series, you know. Because if you have to win a five-game series and you need to win a Loaqa against these guys, it's going to be very, very difficult, you know. Especially if everyone is if everyone is healthy, you know, if they have their full roster, that's going to be a challenge, you know, to beat them because they're they're deep, they're very talented. They're very good defensively. You know, it's not one of those those teams that is really good offensively, but is flawed on the defensive end. Defensively, they're really, really good. So they're they're gonna be really hard to beat in a playoff series, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. They're 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 a big team. I think yeah. it's it's under discussed. Like, um, you know, they have they really have the personnel to hide Slukas when he's out there. Um, which is yes. a huge help because they can put Slukas out there with either none who, as we discussed has been good or grant. And then like, when you have that grant, Ragonis, Matoglu, Lasort, like when those are your next four, like you can't pick on Slukas, like, cause they're just, yeah. they're just going to send help and they can cover ground to rotate correctly. And then that opportunity is gone. And now you're eight seconds left on the shot clock and you've got to reset your offense. Um, they just, they cover so much ground. They rebound the ball really well. They're so physical. I like what they do defensively on these perimeter players where you kind of see when you watch them, they almost kind of like bait them into the lane and into an attack. They kind of let them get in there and then they just collapse and like they bring all their length and strength and surround you. And it makes it very difficult to make the right read out of it. They've got great recovery times. Gorgonis covers ground, Grant covers ground, even Matoglu like, moves decently you know like he looks a little he looks a little clunky but like if you actually like he's covering ground just fine um his shot has fallen off a little bit he had a really hot start he's kind of normalized um it'd be a huge help for them if he can kind of get back to really shooting the lights out like he was early in the season um vildoza seems to have found his rhythm a little bit over the last month or so like i hope that stays after this break he seemed to kind of really start to figure out how he worked as the bench guard um hernan gomez too you know like if they they have all these pieces clicking you know like i do think they're right there with real um but all right so you got olympiacos that's who i had in fourth um you've got them in fifth let's go ahead let's talk about barzocas's team
1: yeah uh of course has uh, been um it's been a difficult, a little bit of a difficult season for them because they had to make several changes during the summer. They lost key players like Bezenkov and they had to, in a way, change a little bit their style of play uh, because uh, with uh, with Bezenkov, of course, they were uh, uh, offensive-oriented towards him, you know, because when you have a guy that he can do so much without holding the ball too much, Everything becomes much much easier, and uh, just like uh, just like Panathinaikos, I think that especially in the first part of the season, they they needed time to figure out what they were becoming, you know, as a as a team. Because uh, some of their also some of their additions during the summer, you know, they were struggling a little bit uh, in the first part of the season. But now they look—they look much more in sync compared to the first part of the season. Uh, they look much more in rhythm. Um, key players that you know at the beginning of the season they weren't looking particularly good. Now they look much, much better. Uh, just like uh, Walkup—you know, Walkup had kind of a slow start, and then you know it became better and better and uh one of the main issues of course was also the injuries because they had a lot of struggles with injuries this season uh, there were moments during the EuroLeague regular season in which they had very short rotation because of all those injuries now the situation it's a little bit better uh, they have found again mckisic Mik- who is a key player for them uh, especially on the defensive end and uh, i just Personally, you know, I just uh, trust a lot the fact that Coach Barzocas, uh will uh, put all the right pieces together uh, when it comes to playoffs time. Because uh, it's uh, it's a very good coach. I've always liked his style. You know how he uh, he coaches his teams, and uh, I just I just have a lot of confidence in him. You know, I. I put Panathinaikos ahead of them because uh, you know uh, they have a little bit more talent overall, in my opinion. But in terms of uh, pure, uh, pure team skills, I think Olympiacos is a bit ahead of Panathinaikos
0: yeah i definitely see some of that i couldn't agree with you more in that like so much of early in the season was they were figuring things out and then guys got hurt and it's like how do you how do you figure things out when the guys have hurt you know yeah. it like, has a rotation and a game plan and guys are injured and he's drawn up a new rotation and game plan every night um i think you know alec peters has been fantastic um they they just you know extended his contract i think that was yeah. a really good move because look i don't know i don't know what's actually happening but I'm sure NBA teams were sniffing around Alec Peters a little bit and wondering, you know, what his plans were for the summer. I mean, he's just a great spot up shooter. He's added a little bit more to his offensive game. He's been fantastic. Look, the guy who I really love there, and I think maybe it's just me on this, and I haven't given, you know, I personally haven't given him enough credit over the years, but Mustafa Fall. I mean, I just, I again, I think maybe it was just me and I was late to recognizing this skill. His passing is like it's a game changer because. Yeah. He's so tall and he can catch the ball so high that it's very difficult to cut him off when he's in the pick and roll or in the post. And if you don't bring help in those scenarios, he's going to be able to get himself a good look because he has a size advantage. And if you do bring help, he's ready to make the right read and he hits guys perfectly in stride with his passes. It's really impressive. Um, You know, they, what they've missed this year without Vizenkov and without Slukas is that super reliable kind of like off the dribble scoring threat? You know, if it's Zankov, not so much brought offense in different ways, obviously. But like they just they haven't still and I I still feel like they they don't have their reliable like, hey, go get us a bucket, you know, like just please go, go get us something. Like when the Barzoka's ball isn't working, when they kind of zip the ball around and a team is nailing all their rotations, they can get they can struggle to create some more yeah. offense. Um Isaiah Kanan's been that guy a little bit this year. He's had some big games. He's been able to create his own shots, set himself up for some stepbacks. But like Barzokas doesn't want that. Like, I think we like he does not want them just like leaning on Kanan late in games for offense. Um, you know, like the the one season where he was at Kazan, Kanan, like, and they really tried to give him a lot more ball handling responsibility. He struggled. Like he was he's not that's not where he's at his best. He's at his best yeah. as a catch and shoot guy and kind of expanding his offensive game from there. Um he could do it. McKissick has been huge because like Bresdekus has just not worked out so far. I think that I think there's a little I think there's a little both sides to that. Like Bresdekus definitely could have played better. I think he's warranted some more opportunities. I just personally I think it's weird to drop a buyout on that guy and sign him to that contract and like not really give him some sort of consistent role especially when when there were some of those injuries early in the season maybe i'm missing some things there but you know i i thought he warranted a little more Try out a little more run, um and he just hasn't gotten it. But McKissick has come back, and McKissick has brought some of that slashing. He attacks the rim, brings defenses in, and opens up the rest of the game. That's been a huge help to them. You know, I think we're in we're in a similar spot. I mean, it, it sounds like we both have them four or five, right? Like you, we've got to yeah. got to look it goes four five. Yeah, like that. Look, I'm as long as I don't care where it goes four five because I just want that playoff series. <laughs> yeah. I just want that yeah, playoff series. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think if that happens, we're we're getting five. We're getting five Greek derbies, um, and uh, it's going to be incredible. Um, you know, I think I have Panathinaikos fifth, but I I would give them the edge in a playoff series. I just think they, like I said, they have more they have more reliable ways to get offense in tough spots than Olympiacos does. That's what this team is still missing. Olympiacos has a lot of depth. They've added guys because of those injuries during the season, but. I, you know, I think in a playoff series, the depth matters less. We've seen Ottoman. There were times Ottoman at FS cut his playoff rotation to like seven guys, yeah. you know, like he played two guys off the bench. Um, like, I, I think he'll do the same with Penettonikos if he feels he has to. And I don't know if Bart can do that with this Olympiacos team. I think there's still too much every night they're going out there and he's kind of trying some things out to see who can give them that kind of final offensive burst to make sure they have it on that end. Um, but. I'm excited for the playoff series. I'm excited for the playoff series for sure. Um so let's see. So I guess that would mean to close we both have Monaco third. Yeah. Monaco third. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, Monaco's good. Like like that they're they're definitely good. Like I don't want to discredit that, but it, a big part of why them third is like their final eight games are a joke. <laughs> um like they they and they've played really great basketball. Leading up to this point, like, so to, again, like I'm not discrediting them, you know, they deserve to kind of be in this position. They've been playing really good ball lately, but they close with Barcelona away, which is going to be tough. But then they've got red star at home, uh, Alba Berlin away, Milano at home, Valencia at home, Asvel away, Zalgiris at home, Byron at home. Like they could lose that game to Barcelona and then very likely win seven in a row to close the season, which like, that's just going to put them in third place. They're going to be in a strong enough spot. Mike James has an MVP case. Um, He has found even another level offensively this season. You know, he's always been this impactful isolation scorer. We've known that. That's been Mike James from, you know, when he first stepped on the court here overseas. But he is shooting and making three-pointers at a higher volume and and higher efficiency. Um, It's really impressive. He's found a new gear in that part of his game. He's doing it really without the secondary guard offense he had last year, which has been like Elio Kobo has had his struggles. I I think if I remember, he's had some disputes with the right? Like he hasn't been perfect. Kemba was like, you know, Kemba was always a bit of a glamour signing. Um, But I like Kemba. He's a very good guy, fantastic player, but we all know where he's at at this point in his career. Um, Jordan Lloyd just hasn't been the same since the back injury. He hasn't found his rhythm blossom Games has had his moments you know john brown does things on the defensive end uh to notice money has kind of been their secondary offensive option right like that's kind of been the next guy uh to put points on the board um they've got dante hall off the bench i love and then what they've really done is they kind of go james Monte Eunice and they just kind of surround with the three and d or like at least the defensive support you know some mixture yeah. of brown yakuba watara blossom game all these guys and they find just enough offense around those two to make it work now that is why I think Monaco can lose in a playoff series even as the three seeded with this strong end of the season right like I currently have them going up against Fenerbahce and like I think that's going five and I'm picking Fenerbahce um I think they just have a little bit more depth but like you know will not be surprised at all if 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 Mike James just carries them into the final four again um hey look their schedule's easy I think that's why they're gonna get in third But they're also playing great basketball. And, yeah, I mean, I think Toco was my midseason MVP pick. Bologna was second at the time. That was really the driving factor. With the fall off I see coming for them, I think it's unfair to keep him in that MVP spot. And I would probably pivot and say, you know, it's Mike James' award. Um, Monaco's just having a really strong season, and he's incredible. He's been arguably the best player in the league this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about that. Uh, Mike James is the MVP for me, too. Uh, As you said, you know, it's probably even more impressive uh, considering the fact that this season the other guys in the backcourt, they haven't performed at their usual level. Uh, Okobo had his own issues. You know, I I was told he's dealing also with some personal issues, which has led to some, you know, tension. Uh, Jordan Lloyd, of course, when he came back after the surgery that he had, is still trying to find his groove. Kemba Walker has been doing some nice things off the bench, but of course he's he's always dealing with some kind of pain with his knee, so you cannot count on him all the time. Uh, He's been more of a locker room presence, actually, than a real one on the court, to be honest, because uh, I was told his presence in the locker room has been really good. He's been a really positive presence. But on the court, of course, he's... uh, his contribution has been kind of limited. So, and, and when you take those guys away, it's not like you have a lot of other scorers in that team aside from Mike James. I mean, Mote Yunas can do some, of course, but the other guys are more like energy, defensive minded guys, you know, John Brown, Donta Hall. Uh, Yakuba Otara, uh, Ma- Matthew Strazel himself, you know, the, the, those are guys that bring energy, but they're not exactly scorers, you know. So the, the main concern for them during a playoff series is that one. Like, if Mike James has a night in which he's not Mike James, someone else has to step in. And up to this point, you know, Bofo, Kobo and Jordan Lloyd... They haven't really been to that level, you know. So that's that's the main concern for them. But they still remain a very talented group of players. You know, they've been playing good. Uh, the The only uh, the only other thing that I think that can damage them, which is an element that has always been there with them in the past few season, is internal drama because there's always something cooking inside the locker room for whatever reason. You know, Mike James got suspended last season. Elio Kobo got suspended this season. You know, there's always something that is going on inside the locker room that can damage the internal chemistry. Uh, But overall, this is a very talented group of players. They deserve the position in which they are. Uh, I agree with you that with the remaining schedule, most likely they're going to end up in the third spot at the at the beginning, at the end of the regular season. So I still have a lot of confidence in them, mostly because of, you know, because Mike James, in my opinion, is the best EuroLeague player, period. Uh, but let, let, let's see what they're going to bring in a playoff series because there is some... I would say level of concern as of right now regarding their roster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if I get, if I was an opposing coach, and I drew Monaco in the playoffs right now, mm-hmm. I would be like, we're blitzing every Mike James pick and roll. Yeah. We are running a second defender at that time, every, at that guy every time he goes into ISO. We're going to make him move the ball and then like, we're going to see what their next move is and yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. And if they come up with something that works, then maybe we'll backtrack on this approach. But it's like, you know the the 2018 finals, like Cavs, like that's what the Warriors started doing to LeBron. You know that was yeah. that that was that Cavaliers team that you know no Kyrie, Love, Love had just come back from injury. They let just, the uh,
1: other guys beat us.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were just yeah. blitzing every single LeBron pick and roll. They said so get the ball out of his hands and let's see who else is going to make plays. Yeah. Um, and like, maybe they figured out. Okobo finds his form. Jordan Lloyd finds his form. You know, Jerem Blossom game plays like Euro Cup. Jeremy Blossom game, right? Like there's things that could happen. They could still yeah. be fine. But if I drew them in a playoff series, that's what I'm looking at. You know, I was, you flagged Yamadara and Fenerbahce and I'm thinking in my head that I have the the Monaco-Fenerbahce matchup. Maybe that's what gets Madar back in the rotation because he's probably a good Mike James defender, right? Um, a lot of things could happen there. Uh, so look, that that closes it for us. We're pretty much, we're pretty much the same on most of these. Uh, it's, it's going to come down to tiebreakers. Yeah. It's going to be a fun end to the season. As I've said, everybody bookmark that round 30 Basconia partisan. That's going to be everything uh, for those final few play in spots. Um, Maccabi keeps winning games. They'll probably squeeze in. We'll see who figures it out between Bologna and virtuous. And then look, hopefully we, we get Olympiacos Panathinaikos in the playoffs. Uh, I think, I think everyone deserves it and is ready for that. Yeah. Um, orazio thank you for the extended stay my friend this has been over two hours just so everyone knows i asked for an hour of orazio's time and he has been generous as always and been willing to stay on for longer um i think we'll keep this one episode i may break it up into two i'll let you know how i how i decide to edit it on the back end but uh before we sign off uh orazio anything to plug what's uh what's your twitter handle where are you working at what are you working on
1: right now Oh yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, man. It was a, it was a real pleasure. Uh, you can find me on Baskin News. I'm a reporter for basketnews.com. In Italy, I also contribute to Backdoor Podcast. And my Twitter handle is at Paxer89. So you can find me there. I'm always pretty active on Twitter. So that's where my uh, main environment is on social media.
0: Fantastic. Orazio, thank you so much. Everyone, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Euroball podcast. We will talk to you again soon. Take it easy.